Hello and welcome back to the Babble Screen. Um, myself and Steve have finally been able to sit down and do a podcast because our, our two wonderful baby boys um, have been up having the crack uh, and have decided they don't sleep or when they do sleep they're unsettled. So um, that is parenthood folks and welcome to it. Um, but Steve, yeah. well, ha- thanks. Video, uh, podcast. I actually wish it was because Steve has some absolutely unbelievable, fantastic curtains behind him here, folks, um, <laughs> on, on the podcast. But um, yes, yeah, Steve, since the last time you've come on, obviously Liverpool have took over the world. So we'll talk about more. <laughs> we'll keep this to American sports because um, I know, obviously, uh, you, you, you wouldn't want to talk about the Mighty Reds. Listen, for an ill and humiliating title of Premier League champions, all right? Yeah, we discussed that. <laughs> Uh, I actually left at half time and went and got myself stuff in the town. Like, I was like, I'm not the way what I wanted. I'm not watching it. Um, loads has happened since we last run uh, the Babble screen. We were going to talk about today our top five NBA teams in our lifetime, but we think we're going to park that, folks, because this seems to be news happening every day coming out of America and around American sports and around this pandemic and around players signing. We're going to chat about the NBA and sort of what's been going on with the bubble. More players are pulling out, and whether that's gonna is it gonna go ahead still? We think it is, but for how long? And then we're gonna talk about the NFL because Cam Newton signed for the Patriots, and and we have to talk about this because it's massive and it's a big deal. And and just when you think they're done and dusted, they just suck you back in because you know what's gonna happen come Super Bowl time. You know who's gonna win it now. But um, we'll get into that uh, later on down the show. First of all, Steve, the NBA, um. It looks like it's going to go ahead with this bubble. They're talking about a second bubble for the team, the non-playoff teams. The yeah. non-playoff teams. I mean, what, what, are we just trying to get everyone coronavirus now, or like I don't, I don't know what's what's going on here? Um, we'll talk about that. When you saw the news of that coming out the other day, um, how did how did you feel when you saw that? Because you're a Warriors fan, so like, what yeah. what, the, what do you think? I, I thought we were like we were clear of this and we weren't going to try and infect the non-playoff teams, which was going to obviously give the Warriors an advantage next year. Um, I'm surprised they're considering it because like what we're seeing is of the 351 players in the first bubble, like 25 have now tested positive. Like that's a that's a much bigger number than the the average uh, population. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it about six percent or something of of players tested? Like that's huge. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is the cost. Like, I mean, the first bubble is costing the NBA $150 million. Now, I know it's a league that can, <clears throat> excuse me, print money. But at the same time, like, there, there, there comes a time when you, you have to ask, like, is this worth it? Or, you know, um, what's the cost benefit, I suppose, of, of doing this? And then the last thing is, you know, there's still the optics that we discussed the last day of, 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 of having the message that black lives matter, but saying that, well, they don't matter when they're athletes and we can force them to play for our entertainment. So there's these, these three things are still out there. Um, now, I think the whole thing probably depends on LeBron. And as long as LeBron is pro-bubble and pro-doing this, it will go ahead. Um, because even, like, it doesn't really... There's no player big enough on the other side just yet of the anti-bubble to kind of say, to kind of sway it that direction. So I'm still thinking it's going to go ahead. Like you have Mike Trout, say, in baseball, um, one of the biggest names, if not the biggest name in baseball, saying he's not comfortable with a return to play in baseball. Yeah. If LeBron said something similar, then, you know, it's done. And yeah. um, 
So I'm I'm really interested to see how it's going, and that's why I'm stunned that they're kind of pushing the second bubble because, like, they're chancing their arm with the first one as it is. So mm-hmm. I, it it just seems like a weird move from Adam Silver and and the teams, I suppose, as well. Um, but yeah, for someone we've we've praised quite highly on this podcast before, like, it seems to be a bit of a misstep from Silver. Yeah, it's almost like we've jinxed him. Yeah. Because we talked about him so well and how well he was handling it. And then it's like he's went, he's like, clearly he listens to the bubble screen. And then he's went, you know, I'll show these two. Yeah, I, I can show these two. I can mess <laughs> things up. And he, and he has went and done it. I, I, I don't, I really don't understand it. Let those eight teams stay at home. Let them recover, whatever. It makes no sense at all to bring them down to this bubble. The bubble situation, when it was first announced, I was on board with. And then the more and more I thought about it, I just I just don't understand it at all. I, I, you, you, there is there's such an there's such a, a wide access to travel these NBA teams that there's no reason why they couldn't go in and out of certain arenas and keep them. You know, like what we're doing in in England and Germany and Spain in yeah. in South America's bigger. Yeah, I get that, but you know, there's no reason why they can't do that and travel in and out. You could have broke it down the the season. Just had the the sixteen teams went straight to playoffs. It makes so much more yeah. sense now looking at it. Cut the playoff games down to maybe five series, whatever. Like if they were worried about this season being with a massive asterisk on it and people not taking it serious, that's going to happen because we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, if you win it, trust me, when you win it, something in this in this you do not care, right? You've won it. That's all, that's all that matters. You know what I mean? And that's all that will matter to these teams, but. We saw quite some high-profile players, obviously not on the bronze level. No one is really, but come out and, and opt out of it. Um, Lou Williams, I think, is still undecided from the Clippers, which is which would be a massive one because he, he's yeah. like the leading sixth man in, in, in the NBA, and he's such a pivotal player for them. And I think if he opts out of it, you know, like there are chances suffer uh, oh, dramatically. Bradley Beal still undecided for Washington Wizards. I don't. I don't understand why they're going either. Like they don't really have much of a chance. Um, the Nets. I mean, I might ring the Nets and see if they want someone to play. Like, cause like I'll go over and have a game. Like, I don't mind. You know what I mean? Like they they're gonna have no players left. Um, yeah, it's been strange. And then you've got guys like Kemba Walker who, um. He was just honest on it, like he said. I think if you have a family man and wife and kids, then it is different for you. But I'm a single man with no kids, so I don't care. I'm going to be fine. And yeah, all he does is stay in his house. Anyway. Like, yeah. The Lakers and LeBron, like Bradley pulled out because of yeah. his kid. You know, he specifically cited his six-year-old son as the reason he was pulling out. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really interesting as well. That like within the within the you know, the LeBron circle, I suppose, inner circle, though I'm assuming now Bradley is now pushed out of that inner circle at this stage for yeah. for being for being anti it. Um like Danny Green, like the player representative in the Lakers, he said, like, look, we're definitely going ahead with this. So it doesn't even feel that like their own one of their own players opting out is enough to put like LeBron off. So yeah. I, I honestly think that as long as LeBron is still in Unless it's Janice or something, and then we're robbed of that kind of um, that M, like star-studded NBA final, um, then I think it's like at this stage it's going to go ahead. But I still think it's madness to to introduce that second bubble. Um, the only thing I can think of is it's to stop those non-playoff teams having an advantage in scouting and things like that. But it's not like the scouts would have been in Orlando anyway; they would have been off doing their their homework and all of that anyway. Um, 
so I find the whole thing a little strange. Um, and yeah, see me like I think the NBA were hoping that one of the other like MLS or or someone would have been back first as almost a testing round. Nobody really seems to want to be first in the US to be to bring back sport. I think that seems to be the biggest issue. Yeah. Um, like baseball just doesn't know what to do with itself. Ice hockey right. going to move to yeah. Ice hockey is going to move to Canada to two arenas in Canada to to play all its games. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and obviously the NFL doesn't come back until and they've already like scrapped two preseason games and maybe we'll scrap all four preseason games. Um, but it it, it 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 just prompts so many questions as well. That like uh, I was talking about it on, on a sorry I was on a different podcast. But I, was about, uh, I know I was talking about soccer and I was talking about like. The players who have kind of stepped up since the crowds left grounds and I was saying it's no surprise that Phil Foden right one of the most highly touted young lads in English football has suddenly become a really good player because there's no crowds because there's no pressure yeah. on him anymore yeah doesn't feel like he's auditioning in front of 80,000 people every game and now he's heard, he's showing what Pepsi is in training all the time which we never saw on the field before and I'm wondering about the players that we're going to see kind of maybe we're shrinking violets with a crowd there that turn into superstars on, you know, with no credits. Yeah. That whole dynamic is really fascinating as well to me. Um, um, yeah, so uh, the whole thing is just surreal. And I think we've we've been lucky in Europe because we've gotten used to the Premier League and the Bundesliga and the Liga with no, no crowds. But there's a hell of a difference between playing on a 110-foot by 50-foot uh, football pitch than a basketball court. Yeah. Outdoor, outdoors versus indoors as well. So there's all those things that kind of, and, and plus we have a much better handle on coronavirus than the States do. Like, I mean, Florida is literally the worst place in the world anyone could be right now in yeah. terms of coronavirus. And that's where they're bringing the entire population of the NBA. So it's, I don't know, it, it just seems mad to me. And the, the, the longer this goes on, it just seems just like a stupid decision to go to Florida. Yeah, because the, like we said it on the last podcast, Henry from um, True Hoops, Henry, I can't remember his second name, Henry, Henry, Henry Abbott, sorry, he mentioned it before on a previous podcast on the No Dunks about how, why didn't they go somewhere where you could play outside? Yeah. And they can't do that in Florida in this, in this summer anyway because there'll be hurricanes. So you, you've literally snookered yourself into a closed bubble and all it's going to take is one active player during a game to have this, and that it'll just riddle it. And they're doing like their temperature checks and all that, but someone might be asymptomatic, and you know, yeah. all of a sudden, a load of people are infected, and it's done. Like you see all these stories about like one bar in California, like that eighty-five people got coronavirus from, or one church gathering somewhere else that like two hundred people got like from just one person. Like you combine that with the sweat of a like all the stuff that's going on in the basketball court and things like that. Like, um, now it's a shame because part of me like would really like to see what happens when there's no crowd noise and you can hear all the cursing and all the yeah. slagging that goes on. Yeah. Um. So they were talking about um <clears throat> removing the boom mics from the side of the court for that reason because so much of the so much of the back and forth is homophobic and misogynistic and all that. And I'm thinking oh, maybe removing I know, maybe removing the microphones isn't the thing to do there. Maybe finding the players for using homophobic <laughs> misogynistic language is the thing to do there. But, yeah. Um yeah. yeah, so like all of that, but like and 
they're very worried as well about like coaching um like conversations being overheard and all of it. so like it's like it, it just seems to me that when you actually sit down and you weigh up the pros and cons um it just more and more goes on that let's just not do this like let's just cancel the season and be done with it um yeah. and let's come back in september or let's come back in october and like have a shortened season but we'll be much better prepared for it yeah um yeah so I, I the second bubble thing is just again i can't can't stop thinking about why like there's no reason for it at all like i cannot justify it like um especially with like everything we've discussed so far so it just seems that doubling down on it is definitely the wrong thing to do whatever about you know keeping going with the original plan or cutting it doubling down just seems the oddest move of all Oh, it's it's uh, it's the silliest thing they've done in a while. Although another silly thing's happened is that J.R. Smith has now joined the Lakers. Of course, uh, I, uh, what? <laughs> of course he has. <laughs> I mean, I like J.R. Smith because he like he he brings comedy value at times. He's a he's a good basketball player. He is like, he, and he was pivotal that 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 win for um, Cleveland. But it, as soon as Avery Bradley opted out. It was like straight away. You knew if if you watch basketball at all, you were like, okay, J.R. Smith's going to join, and and there he is in in Lakers um uniform, ready to go and potentially win another title. And fair play to him because he gets a lot of slack. But I just thought it was so funny, and it was quite, it is like quite mad that he's appeared somewhere to nowhere, and LeBron's got him in. And, and as you said, a good point you made about five minutes ago was about the LeBron circle. Like we are massive LeBron fans here on this podcast, but there is definitely a click. Oh, and like, and if you're not in that, if you're not in that click, you're you're dust. Do you know what I mean? You're going yeah, against it, but um, really are. you really are. Um, and you mentioned Janice. I was talking on. A, I jumped into one of the athletics Q and As during the week there, Steve, and I was talking to Dave DeFore that does the um, Daily Bing and 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 a couple of other different podcasts on the athletic. And I mentioned for you, I asked him about Giannis and where does he see Giannis going, and is it going to be the Warriors? And he unequivocally, I don't even know that's the right word, but he absolutely dispelled those rumours and he said that he reckons that Janice is going to stay at the Bucks, and it won't matter if they win this season or not, that the Bucks are going to sign him, tie him down and he's going to stay there. And Steve's shaking his head on camera here. So, I don't know. There's, you, so, there's, there's just too many people have, there's, there's too much precedent of players saying, oh yeah, I'm with this team, including the man we've just been talking about, LeBron James. Yeah. Who say no? I'm, this is my team. I'm going to stay with them regardless of whether they win a championship or not. And then when they don't win a championship, they move. <laughs> so like, yeah. um, and if you like, I, I sent you a link during the week of the article about how LeBron moved to the Heat came about. Like, oh, and the most brilliant. fascinating thing to me was LeBron when he first went to the Heat arena when he was being announced. There was a contract waiting and there for him to sign, but it wasn't a contract with the Heat. It was a contract with the Cavs because people still expected him to. Yeah. Resign the Cavs, yeah. Uh, even after the decision and all of that, like so, um, like don't never be swayed, never, never, sorry, never underestimate, and and not to not to 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 undermine uh, what they told you or whatever, like, but people want to win championships, and if Giannis doesn't win a championship this year, he's not going to win one with the Bucks. Like they're not getting better than they are this year, I don't think, um. So, like, if there's a spell, if there's a supermax contract on the Warriors, why wouldn't you take it? The chance to be coached by Steve Kerr, the chance to play with Steph Curry. I mean, I don't know. It seems like a no-brainer. 
I'm obviously biased, of course. Yeah, but, but like in my opinion, I can say it, I'm not a Warriors fan. In my lifetime, the 2016-17 Warriors were the greatest team, season team of all time. You add Giannis into hello Doggo. You add Giannis into um into this lineup. You won't, maybe mightn't have Clay Thompson, but say you have Draymond Green, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Giannis, uh, probably Wiggins. Mm-hmm. I'd say each day. Has that team potentially? Is that team potentially going to be better than the sixteen seventeen team? Uh, I think so. I think I think I think Wigan stays because I don't think can. I don't think anyone's going to buy him. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone's. I think everyone is off that boat. Um, I think Thompson's gone though. I think Thompson would have to be kind of part of any um any he's trade. Gonna, he's going to end up with the box potentially. Yeah. I mean, if you if if you offer like if you offer Clay and a lottery pick, it's really difficult for the books to turn that down. Like that's a that's a nice offer. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you're getting Clay on the back of like dodgy knees, and but he seems to be recovering quicker than expected from from injury and, and and stuff like that. So that's positive. But yeah, I think it's potentially better now. For me, Kevin Durant is a top five all time NBA player, so it's replacing. It's replacing that with Janice, who is potentially a top five all time. Like he could get there, he's just not there yet. Um, that's could weird. could G- could Giannis could Giannis challenge LeBron and and Michael Jordan? No, I don't think so. I don't think his defense is as good as Jordan's, or as as good as LeBron's. Sorry, and I don't think he's. He doesn't have the memorable games that Jordan did. You know, that's what stands out for Jordan over time. Well, it's, I, I've, I have this long-standing theory that if Jordan didn't have Jordans, the, the, the runners, the trainers, would he be as remembered as he is as the player? Like, uh, So part of that is the branding. I don't know if Giannis has the branding uh, that Jordan does. And I don't know if he has the, the kind of longevity and consistency of... I don't like putting this way. I don't see him reaching, you know, the NBA Finals every year for the next 10 years, unless he actually does move to the Warriors or whatever, you know? So, um, so I don't see him going that high. I can see him going four or five, maybe, because um, he has that potential. But, like, you know, we are talking about a completely different level with LeBron and, and Jordan. Yeah. It is, because you do see a lot of prominent um, NBA writers and podcasters and journalists put them in that category. You know, Janice, and, and I mentioned that, like even Dave said, he said he potentially he could be the he could be the goat. And I don't know whether Dave is a, a Bucks fan or not. I, I do listen to a few things that he does and, and and whatever, and I'm a fan of his. But I don't know if he maybe is a Bucks fan. I haven't picked that up yet. But I was surprised when he said that, and um, that his, his that's where his ceiling is. But um, listen, I I I Giannis under Steve Kerr and Steph Curry. That's bad news for the Thunder, obviously, but um. That would be absolutely unbelievable to see. Yeah, like, I, I, I just, I just want to see Giannis just start slam dunking on people again. That's one of the things I miss. Um, yeah. I don't know if you saw this as well, and we will move on to the NFL chat very soon. But have you seen the shape Zion's in now? Oh, I know it's incredible. Oh, he's like he's like being. Yeah, with that man, and then, he's like and the schedule, the way the schedule came out as well. It's uh, it's really suit like they look like they. Could... So um, yes, Zion and and the run uh, the Pelicans have, you were saying yeah, 
Yeah, it just seems like it's a really easy run for them. And then you get him in that kind of condition, which was always the concern with Zion coming out of college, was how is his body going to hold up physically? Um, but he's done a lot of work on it. Um, Jesus, I wish I'd have done that kind of work in uh, lockdown, I can tell you. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we need babies. We have an excuse. Can't be exercising yeah. around a new baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, like, look, I think, yeah, to, just to kind of tie a bow on it, like, yeah, these players are going to be, we're going to see some great basketball if it goes ahead because these players are absolutely itching to play again. Yeah. They're all healthy. They're all fresh. I just don't know if it should go ahead. Though, yeah. So. yeah. It's heartbreaking because we're so excited for it, but really both of us are like, lads, park this. And like, yeah, and I, yeah, I, I, I base, baseball is like my 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 dirty secret. Like, I watch baseball and I love baseball, um, as well. And and it just seems absolutely bonkers. Like the like was it some so many percentage of players te- like thirty five players tested positive or something in the first round of tests or something. Yes, there's something stupid I saw, but hopefully they can get that sorted. But um, listen. Also, what happened since our last Babble Screen um, episode was the NFL decided they wanted to create some news. Obviously, they they, they can't sit there and be quiet. So the big news, um, well, one of the big news is anyway, is that news is, news is, isn't a word, Philip, is that um, Cam Newton is back and he went and signed for the goddamn Patriots. Of course he did. As, as an offensive coordinator, Steve, Josh McDaniels, and Cam Newton, is that not one of, on paper, one of the perfect fits in the NFL? Oh, it, like, it's unbelievable because the Patriots are at their best when they have their pass-catching running backs in the game. Cam Newton, as a quarterback, is a third running back as well because of the threat he poses in the run game when healthy, but also is a player who loves passing to his running back. So it just feels like it. And for the contract they got him on, like he's he's on a contract less than some kickers, like. Um, so I think that it's um like if I was a team in the AFC East, I would be absolutely disgusted because it <laughs> looked like Stidham was going to come in. Nobody really knew anything about him. I personally think that the way the Patriots are talking about him, they're hyping him up so much. It's for a trade. It's not because they believe he's been the next time, right? They want someone else to believe, someone like Bill O'Brien, for example, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> to believe that he's the next Tom Brady. When I, I don't know, I just uh, we would have seen more of him in games last year, I think, even with Brady, like towards the end of games, the way we did with Garoppolo a little bit. Um, we didn't see that. I, I just feel like they, they've, I don't know if they'll, I don't think they'll win the AFC this year, but I would be stunned if the Patriots and a healthy Cam Newton don't make the playoffs. Uh, whereas I would have, I, I said to you, I thought the Patriots could have been one of the favourites for the number one overall pick um, with the way the structure of that team was. Now, they still have no receivers. They still well, have, like... not eight. yet. But yeah. if they add David Njoku... Who has requested a trade. He has indeed, from the Cleveland Browns. If they add David Njoku... Um, yeah, I think they take on a different dynamic even then. And like you're an offensive coordinator, so you'll know better. You know much better than me. But that just adds him another level. A 
again. And like, I am sick of the Patriots doing this. Like, I wanted a time in my life when the Patriots weren't so challenging. You know what I mean? Like, and it's nothing against Patriots fans that listen to this. Like, I'm nothing against you. It's just like it's like that old Manchester United Fergie thing. Like, you know, you want that oh, know, yeah, for yeah. a little bit, and but here he comes yeah. again, and oh, they they could be such an unbelievable team to watch next year. They really could, and like the the, the other thing about um, Josh McDaniels' offense is it's always been at its best when the tight end has been a massive factor in it. Like <clears throat> you know, he revolutionised the the kind of the two tight end system with um, earlier on uh, in his career. Then he kind of went away from that and started using like Gronk towards the end. One of the things that really slowed to him was how good a a run blocker he was, mm-hmm. um, and <clears throat> that's part of it when you've got those. When you've got a run blocking tight end, that sets up the little screen passes to the running back. So you've got six offensive linemen basically out there uh, protecting the, the the short dump off passes to to running backs. So all of those are is a really positive. If they get in Joku, of course, I mean the Browns don't have to trade him. Um, but I would be stunned, you know, if a player decides he wants to leave, that usually tends to be it, like in the NFL. Um, but yeah, I just it it it's just unfair because it did really feel like like we were going to get a down season from the Patriots. But at the same time, like I mean, they're now a team that's 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 massively motivated to do well because they want to show that they weren't just Tom Brady. Yeah. And I'm I'm stunned. Like I'm stunned that Newton hasn't been picked up before now. I, I tweeted about this a while back. The only thing I can think of is that nobody's been able, because of coronavirus, nobody's been able to to get a good look at his shoulder. Yeah. Um, the deal, <clears throat> excuse me, the deal feels like it's set up that if his shoulder goes kaput, then there's not really much of a loss for the, the Patriots out of the deal. Um, and they still have Stidham there, as I said, kind of as 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 the kind of the rookie in waiting or what have you. Um but yeah, I'm fascinated to see how it develops. I think it, from Josh McDaniel's point of view, it's like a, you couldn't have asked for a better uh, player. I don't think they'll run him as much as the Panthers did under Ron Rivera um, because I think we've seen that that's what causes... Like he just... They're not even smart with running him. Like Patrick Mahomes, when he runs, he runs outside the pocket, he runs to the edges. The Panthers always ran Cam Newton because of the size of him straight up the middle and that's where the most damage is done that's where the heaviest guys fall on you that's where that the strongest guys hit you um so i think we'll see a different cam than we saw in in carolina but ah stop like it's just going to be some really exciting young team is going to lose out in the wild card round to the patriots yeah and belichick is going to tell us that his proudest achievement as a coach is getting that team to the playoffs despite winning however eight is it eight super bowls he has now across two teams so um like yeah no no thanks (laughs) i i I, you obviously you're the expert here but i am i am all in on not all in as in i don't want it to happen but i think it's going to happen that they're gonna they're gonna end up at the super bowl i just it's just inevitable for me. I, I, it's it's the old, and I, I talk about this far too much for not being a fan. But it's the old Fergie and Manchester United thing where you just you just know what's going to happen deep down in the pit of your stomach. You just look at it and you're thinking, yeah, they're going to be they're going to be hard to beat this year, and they're going to do it. And and just like Cam Newton as well, he's only on seven and a half million. And like far far away from us to talk about people's salaries, but that that is like as well. 
that's just stupid. Um, but he's got he's so much to prove now, and when he gets the bit between his teeth, calm, and he has had so much shit um fired at him because of the way he dresses and because of what things some things that way might speak or whatever, and the way the way he gets on, like Superman and all this here and different things. But that is part of Cam Newton. That's why I love Cam yeah. Newton because he's his own oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And a fired up Cam Newton that has nothing to lose. That's with Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels. Like, bring it on, like. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, from a football point of view, like, I, it's brilliant. It's great. Um, you're seeing a, you know, a former MVP quarterback not that long ago going with like one of the all-time great offensive minds in the league. Like, you have to be excited about that. It's just a shame it's Patriots. Like, that's the, that's the shame. Like, is Josh McDaniels the best offensive coordinator in your opinion? No, Kyle Shannon. Still Kyle Shannon. I know Shannon. Well, in terms of like people whose only role is offensive coordinator, yes. Yeah, because yeah. obviously yeah. Shannon is head coach. But the best offensive mind, I think, is is Shannon. It's then Andy Reid. And then it's Josh McDaniels, I think, um, in that order. And I think, you know what? Like People slide the Raiders, but John Gruden's not far behind. He yep. really isn't. Like, there, there is a reason why everyone who wins Madden championships all around the world uses the Raiders playbook because it's a really clever playbook. It's a really fascinating kind of approach to, to building an offense. Um, so like you have to get the obligatory Raiders mentioned in there. But yeah, Honestly. so I'd say that's the kind of, yeah, that's the kind of order uh, in the league at the moment. But yeah, in terms of pure offensive coordinators, yeah, it, it is McDaniel's moment. And like, there's, there, the only reason he hasn't left is because he he must have been promised the head coach's role. Yeah, uh, I'd say he would have liked to get the head coach's role with Tom Brady there. But if he could get the if if Newton works out and he gets in the next couple of years as well, I don't think he'd be too disappointed. So yeah, obviously it's really exciting. It's the NFL, we, we sort of needed that a little bit, just to, you know, not take away, never ever take away what's going on, keep that at the, the forefront of everything, but just, you know, a bit, a bit of good news around players that are being sort of not being picked up, and obviously Colin Kaepernick is still out there, and mm-hmm. I don't know, hopefully, I just, hopefully it happens, he mightn't start a team, but just to get him back involved again, just please, like, someone wake up and, and do this, like, give him chances, but whatever, Um. Oh, another big news coming out of the NFL and baseball actually uh, was uh, team change. Teams changing their names. So the Washington professional football team and the Cleveland professional baseball team um, are both looking to change their names. Um, they both use uh, is it slur? Is it Native American yeah, slur? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the right word. Sometimes well, with, like with the Cleveland with the Cleveland team, the issue. Well, like the issue is it's Native American. It's not Indian. Um, that's the term people should be using. But the issue with Cleveland was the the logo as much as anything else. I mean, yeah. it's incredibly offensive. Uh, and there's a huge number of college sports teams who they're next, like put it that way. Uh, with Washington, like people have been campaigning for this since they chose the name. Like the guy who chose the name was a racist. He would not hire black players for his football team. I mean, it is the, a demonstrably racist name for a, a historically racist franchise. They have failed for decades to listen to Native Americans telling them why it was offensive. And it's now only because FedEx have come in and said, whoa, we're giving you $250 million a year. 
to for the naming rights of your stadium uh do something about this so dan snyder the owner uh or sorry as i should refer to him by his proper title dan snyder is a piece of shit um <laughs> owner of the washington professional football team that's how he's on. Uh, I have I have an email address. It's not my it's not my uh, it's not my primary or even secondary email address. It's an email address I use for 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 work sometimes for like journalism and the password because I have to share it with another person. And uh, the password is Dan Snyder is a piece of shit is the password. So um, it's not all like English letters. It's like numbers as well. So try to figure it out yourself if you ever want to hack my email account. I will. Uh, there you go. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's how much I hate Dan Snyder. Um, sorry, Dan Snyder is a piece of shit. And so we, I, I, he should get no credit for any of this, um, even if they change the name to something appropriate, something better. Like, this has just been something, like, I've been dealing with for about eight years. Um, I used to use the name, uh, and then I was contacted by a Native American on Twitter to say they'd read an article I'd written somehow. Uh, for the 42 and could I stop using the name and I did I listened um, and from then on when I was writing about it or talking about them I never used the name and it used to drive people absolutely demented like the comment sections oh it's PC gone mad like I was like dude can you identify what team I'm talking about yes then what does it matter like it's not like you're confused as to what sports organization I'm referring to um, and yeah so like it's not PC on that. Like it's it like as I said, if there had been an American football team called the Washington Yellowskins, it would have been gone. Or the Washington yeah. Santi Eyes. Like this is how offensive it is. It's as offensive as any of those racists yeah. or like Santi Eyes or any of those things. Yeah. Um like it would have been gone years ago. It, it like but and you know, it's just the start of it to be absolutely honest, because you know, you seems like the Chiefs, and again, Chiefs is one of those things where like there's a guy, Brett Chapman who follows me on Twitter, he's he's a polka Native American. He he kind of made the point that he's okay with Chiefs because it's it's honorific. Uh what he doesn't like about what happens in Kansas City is the tomahawk chops and the chanting that goes on. Um because again that's like it's it's basically blackface. Um and you know it's 2020 like we need to cop on with that kind of stuff if you're going to honor someone brilliant yeah like absolutely like you know if you're going to treat them deferentially great but if you're going to mock their culture for for sports entertainment purposes nah not for me like no uh, not for me at all no uh, and it's, it's 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 like people are going i'm already seeing like the, the comments under any article about the the, the the washington team name changes oh it's pc gone mad it's snowflakes why are these people offended and i was like well like you know if if there was an english soccer team called you know the, the manchester paddies irish people would fucking be up in arms about it mm-hmm. so like you know cop on like you, you're not offended because it doesn't affect you as soon as something affects you you become offended like that's the way it works and we should listen to people when they tell you that something is racist or something is uh, discriminatory or or whatever so like it's it's i'm filing it under better late than never but i'm not giving washington any credit for it at all like to to, to not listen to the people that was affecting but to listen to money nah, not for me like yeah, no, we, we actually, something similar, what we talked about last night with Miguel Delaney on our football podcast was how, 
you, you know, sport washing and and, yeah. and and the takeover at Newcastle. That that there was outrage from a lot of us people um, when that first popped up, including obviously Miguel. But then the outrage came from the big wigs when suddenly BN Sports talked about pulling the TV money out. So yeah, it's great that he said last night. Actually, just to chat it, he doesn't think it's going to happen now, which is great. But the, uh, he disappointed all of us because it's not going to happen because TV money, you know. Uh, if, it's if, like the Daniel Kinahan stuff oh, with the boxing because yeah. not it's not because people are outraged that Daniel Kinahan is involved with drugs and murder and crime. It's because it was going to cost them pay per views. That's why he's been removed from it. Yeah. Um. And so like. Ultimately, like part of you have to kind of suck it in and say, look, if money works, at least it works. At least something works because morals and and doing what's right doesn't uh, sadly do it. Now, like it just, yeah, the the whole idea of sports washing to me is, is, I'm just, my concern is that it's going to be like, will, like Washington are talking about doing a review and Cleveland are, talking about doing a review how long is that going to take and is it going to be the guys who've decided for the last 50 years that the the name they've chosen was fine are they going to be the ones picking the new name that doesn't seem right um so all of those things kind of are still concerns but i think it's the right step and i think the end the nfl have decided you know what we have to make moves and washington you're first i would think that the chiefs in terms of what goes on in their stadium is next um, I think that will go and I think college sports is in for an absolute I think yeah, some, I think it. I read before like 14% of, of of college sports teams have like, like offensive names or offensive mascots and things like that like if you think about it like Florida one of the the, the, the biggest college football teams uh, Florida Seminoles um, they have a white guy come out dressed as a Native American in red paint and plants a spear in the middle of the field before the start of uh, start of games and you're going 2020 oh, no. and you're still doing that and they do tomahawk chops and all of those things like and like it's just mad like it's just absolutely crazy like this like just call your fucking teams after the place where they are and be done with it like you know? yeah <laughs> like, that's the other thing I think that there's a unique opportunity here for um for for the Washington or Cleveland to become the first team in like the big three leagues not to have an S at the end of their name, not to be a plural. Yeah. So like call themselves something that's not like I don't know, like I don't know. I really don't know what they're gonna do with it. I think Red Tails seems to be the or Red Wings, those two seem to be the front runners because of um there were a squadron of pilots, I think, maybe in World War Two or something, that that were of, okay. of, of people uh, African Americans, and I think now I'm I'm sleep deprived, so forgive me if my details are, are are just a little off here. But it's more put it this way, it's much more honorific than it is a slur, um, and that would be a good thing. But yeah, it would be nice if a team dropped the S. Uh, some team dropped the S. Um, uh, like the Washington Tornado. And it was singular tornado or whatever, like so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just it's a good start. It's a shame that it took a sponsor to kind of get it going, uh, yeah. um, because time and time again, the literally the only 
surveys that say they should keep the name are surveys commissioned by the Washington professional football team themselves. Um, so that'll tell you like the source um, of, of that information um, has said that they should change the name. So it's about time, but yeah, it's disappointing how it came about. I, when I went, when I lived in Atlanta for four months, I went to a lot of Braves games and they'd do the tomahawk chop. Yeah, they're another one on the list as well. And even Braves is probably going to have to go. Um, and like Washington used to be the Boston Braves when they first started as a professional football team. And that was their name. And it feels like, you know, they went from that to, it, yeah, it's it's this, I like, and it's just the, it's the appropriation of culture. Like, I mean, it's just not on in 2020. Uh, like you're not doing it because none of those people in Atlanta well sorry not none I can't say zero but like very few of those people in Atlanta are doing it because, to honour Native American culture you know so oh, oh yeah 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 you know so like it's that that's the difference like if you're doing something as like a and you respect it and you understand it and you're doing it in the right way that's fine that's a different thing but to do it like what the fuck are you doing like tomahawk chops at a sports event for like I mean, it, it, like, no sense I went to, I went to like six, seven, maybe eight games in total, and the first time it happened, they were playing the Yankees, I think, um, and the whole stadium started doing it, and they had like tomahawk, like foam tomahawks as well, you know, you could fire down, and like, listen, this is what two thousand eight, so that was twelve years ago, so I was only eighteen, nineteen, so yeah, look, I was doing it too because I, the whole stadium mm. was doing it, but I was, I didn't know what was going on, and I couldn't. I couldn't uh, re- relate it to anything. I couldn't think of why, why, what's going on here? What's the, what's the story behind this? And I couldn't, but I do remember like the whole stadium standing up doing it and Darren and the mascots and all doing it and different things. And even players on, on the field were doing it. I'm just thinking this is, is this what they do here? Like this is, my, especially the first time I was thinking this is very weird. And then obviously yeah. growing up and reading about things then realizing, oh, I wish I had known then that yeah, uh, but that's what I was like doing. <laughs> But, yeah, yeah. We, all, we, all, we all would love to go back and completely like uh, have a clean slate, but you can't change the past. You can just own nope. up to your mistakes, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but like, why can't they just sing about the umpires being wankers and you know yeah. a, a, about the opposition team being you know shitheads? Like, why can't they just do what football fans do? Like, I don't know. It just it, the whole it's like I you know you and I have both been to like a number of American sports events. It's it's not a sports event. It's an entertainment event with sports yeah. happening in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the fundamental difference between the two. And like, and like, th- there's the sense that, that you have to create an atmosphere rather than one that just self-generates. Like, like I like. Okay, so people would sing "You'll Never Walk Alone" at Anfield without the prompt, but it never ever fails to annoy me that they play "You'll Never Walk Alone" for people to sing along to. Like at Anfield, just before the start of the game, like why? Like people are going to sing it anyway. You don't need yeah. to play it to encourage. Nah, I know, them to I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with like country roads for United. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, and uh, forever blown bubbles for West Ham. Like, the fans are going to sing it. You don't need to force it. Like, we're not like Leinster rugby. We don't need to create an, answer, <laughs> an atmosphere out of nothing uh, because all the Dermots there, like. And, like I'm a Leinster rugby fan, but like you know, they're not like they're a private school for the most part. Private school boys who don't know what going to a League of Ireland game with 15 people is like to try and create an atmosphere and things like that. Like so, like sometimes I feel like that we there are certain 
really good things about American sports and the American sports experience that we've taken in Europe. The food in stadiums has improved massively. Oh. Um, I, the idea of entertaining people, you know, before the game, fine. I personally like to have a chat with my friends and stuff like that. Grand. Yeah. Uh, but the worst part is the forced kind of this is what we do now it's five four minutes of kickoff so we're going to do x you know rather than that it happening naturally and spontaneously like that's yeah. the worst thing we've 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 imported from from our american friends i think when i went to that game in london it was all about the show you kept hearing yeah. people mention the show was in town the show and even like last year, I'm really raging I didn't get going, but the MLB series was in London. It was like the show was in town. The, you know what I mean? Rather than, like, you don't hear that. You don't even hear that in a Champions League final. You know, it's like the Champions yeah. League finals here. It's all about the Champions League final. You know, yeah. but um, that, look, we, we both absolutely adore American sports, uh, as, the, as the sports are. So it, it just comes with it. But um, I'm not apologizing either for the Leinster comment, and we never will, because, like, I. Fuck Leinster, um, but uh, <laughs> I hope my two cousins, Brian and Connor, listen to this because that was directly directed at both of you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so one of the other news to come out before we go on because we're busy, busy fathers this morning. Um, I say I'm busy. Sarah does all the parenting. I just, you know, in the background, try not to mess things up because she's superwoman and I am. I don't, I don't know, and this isn't a dad uh, podcast. I don't know about you, Steve, but I have, I have developed this talent where when Finn's asleep, I become like fucking crusty the clown and everything is magnified and I make so much noise and I drop, I'm like, you know what, I even say to Bob, you know, he's hitting the rake. I yeah. can't stop making noise when Finn's asleep. Like I can't do it. And Sarah's looking at me like, would you fuck? And I can't stop doing it. And she's superwoman and the best mother and she's on rail, whereas I'm just the clown in the background trying not to wreck because, things. But, um... We've actually got, without turning into that podcast, we've got a six-year-old who makes lots of noise. So one of the first things we did was to make sure that Miles, the the, the, the newborn, was used to noise. Unfortunately, yeah. we did too good a job. And now when it's really quiet at nighttime, he just wakes up because he's not used to no noise at all. So we have to try and find that balance uh, between it. But yeah, no, I know, like, the amount of times that we have one floorboard in our bedroom that creaks, I step on it every single night. <laughs> Every single night, without fail, and I don't have to step on it. It's nowhere near where I need to be, but I somehow step on it every night. Anyway, ah, um, so another bit of news came out. Tom Brady thinks he 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 isn't he's not going to get coronavirus, and he has been training, uh, in a school in um Florida with some of his teammates, um, which is a bit wild, um, sort of not really sort of permitted just yet. Tom, I know you're you're. Be the greatest, maybe of all time, but maybe rein that back in a wee tiny bit. And obviously, as well, don't know if you saw this, there was certain messages going back and forth between himself and Gronk about yeah. how football is fun again. So, um, I just wanted your take on that. And I didn't think there was any underlying issues really that that were that big between him and Belichick. You know, I just sort of thought it had come to an end, like it does. I didn't think this was like a like a sort of like a Van Nistelrooy Ferguson type thing or, you know, that type of way or Coutinho Klopp type thing where it's just, come, I, I, you know, I thought it was sort of amicable. Um, I think this, the statement that came out today was like, you never want to see your ex get with someone better than you. So I think there's that, uh, like that, I think that was like, I don't know, one side of the party said that. I think it might have been Brady. Um, and I think, yeah, like uh, certainly if it was me, like if I was, 
a coach and I had a quarterback who we'd had giant success with, you'd want to prove yourself at some stage that you could do it without that person. And I think that's what's going on at the moment. Um, and this is not Brady's first offense, like if you think about it, because he uh, he was kicked out of a park in Tampa like back in April for training mm-hmm. with six players as well. Uh, so he's really he's really like technically they're not team workouts, but like because it's just essentially what he's claiming is it's me and my mates meeting up to throw some football. Um, but really, what's happening is that they're learning the they're learning the books playbook um, by against air, by throwing against air, um, and it's not like put it this way: he's probably the most high profile person doing it. But don't doubt that. Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers receivers aren't doing it. Don't doubt that the Raiders, their car and, and the Raiders receivers are doing it. Like they're all doing it. Uh, Brady is just the highest profile one because Gronk can't keep off social media. <laughs> um, he, he's such a numpty, isn't he? he really he's such is. a big agent, like he's such a tube. Yeah, but uh he's kind of that lovable rogue. Uh so yeah. it's it is it's hard not to like him at the same time as like never wanting to be in a room alone with him. Um, yeah, so like, I like, yeah, like Brady's getting it, like, because this, this is like his name is third time kind of be like flagged as doing it, but like, I've no doubt that every, like they should be doing it because you know, NFL playbooks are huge, uh, they take ages to learn, but what takes even longer is building up chemistry and timing with a guy like so you running a seven yard slant or a 10 yard curl. You would do it at a completely different timing than me, and likewise for for the the the, the books for Mike Evans and Gronk doing those the same routes, um, they're going to be very different kind of feel. So Brady just has to get a feel for that. He has to build up a clock in his head that he knows if he goes one Mississippi two, he throws, and Mike Evans is on his break for his route or whatever. Like so, that all yeah. gets done against air, not against defenders. Um, and smart quarterbacks build in the ability to know, right, if they're in press coverage, which is when the defensive player is right down on the line of scrimmage, like basically blocking the the uh, the receiver from the start, um, it's going to take a little longer. But if they're in off coverage or zone coverage where they're just sat back a little bit, he'll have his timing. He'll know in his head exactly when Mike Evans is about to make his break. Um, so those things need to be built and worked on. So not really, but, you, you know, in Florida, where coronavirus is at, it's like absolute zenith. It's maybe not the smartest thing in the world. So. No, it just sort of stinks a wee bit of like, just no common sense, really. There are, or if you're going to, if you are going to do it, I'm sure Tom Brady has a big enough area at his house, you know what I'm saying, where he could do cer- certain things and he could have certain people over in a bit of a social bubble for a while to train because, we, like, we can't expect professional athletes if they're going to be coming back in the league to just sit in their holes and put on no. put on like I can't expect them to have a dad bod like me and come back and try and win Super Bowls. Yeah, um, you know what I mean. So that was always going to happen, but it's just it's a couple of times now Tom Brady's done this, and you, you sort of just think it, I didn't think I didn't expect it to be from him really that he would be so caught out basically that, but um, he is at a new team. It, it's going to be very that's going to be one of the storylines obviously of the NF, NFL season. Um, oh boy, if we somehow managed to get a Tampa Bay and Patriots Super Bowl, would that be an absolute hoot? Um, I can't, I can't see it, but that would be an absolute laugh, wouldn't it? Yeah, we won't. I don't think we will see it. I think 
Maybe we will. Like, I mean, if Cam Newton hits anything like 2015, 2016 Cam Newton form, yeah. like, then we have, like, a real potential. My worry would be that the books, the books kind of experiment is going to go one of two ways. It's going to be absolutely amazing, or they're going to be the laughing stock of the league because mm-hmm. you've got an old Gronk and an old Brady, and it's just going to be, you know, like a retirement. Like, everyone goes to Florida to retire, I suppose. So, um, yeah, so, but, like, I think if you got odds of like thirty or forty to one or more, it'd be worth a sneaky fiver. Like I'm not, a, as you can tell, I'm not a gambling person, but feels like that would represent good value for those that kind of a, a matchup in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's just a shame they're not going to meet unless it is a Super Bowl this season. You know, there's no mixed game or anything. There's nothing. Yeah. So, because that would that is the. I, I bet the NFL wish they could have tried and schedule something now. I bet they're thinking of going ah. Um, I'm not saying the NFL hotball or anything like that there to get us in trouble here, but <laughs> um, I think that's us sort of for this week on the news front. I don't did I miss anything there? I don't think. No, I think that's like there's there was a lot of news this week. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot going on. So um, we will park as I said, we will park the uh, the top five uh, NBA teams of our lifetime. Uh, for maybe a pod later on in the week and we'll bring it out for you um, and if you have any that you want us to, to fire them in um, it's your lifetime so I was born in 88 so I'll just tell you one I've included the 89 Pistons I don't care <laughs> um, and I only saw them because I was able to watch back but they, the the more I look at them and read about them they're my team anyone that's a shit house, I can get on board with that so um, yeah we will have that out for you later on in the week uh, this podcast was recorded on Saturday morning I'm going to send it out on Monday morning so um, hopefully everything stays calm in America news wise Hopefully there's no stupid, uh, unbelievable trades or something goes on in, in any of the leagues or anything like that there or anything wild happens. Um, but yeah, Steve, as always, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and we're doing the Bible screen. We'll be back later on the week with more of an update, hopefully, and obviously, as I said, our top five NBA teams of our lifetime. So folks, as always, catch all of our stuff on social media at the Sports Bubble. Um, you'll see myself and Steve's Twitter feeds up there as well, and you can get on board and anything you want to talk about. Come, um, just drop us a line. Um, any questions for the podcast? Drop us an email at the Sports at gmail.com. And um, thanks for listening, folks, and enjoy your weekend. Good luck. Bye.